Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, True Blue, Chapter 9. Fireworks? Was this anything an understatement? You're married, Lieutenant Holster exclaimed. Gwen moved a little closer to Rick. Yes, sorry, we would have invited you, but we didn't want the expense of a big wedding, so we eloped, she told him, stretching the truth. Eloped. Alter leaned back in his chair with a grumpy sigh. He glared at Murky. Well, it was certainly quick. We knew how we felt at once. Rick replied with a smile. Those ones having a long engagement. She smiled, but absolutely. Well, congratulations, Alster said after a minute. He got up, smiled, shook hands with both of them. How did your mother take it? Yes, Rick. Rick I haven't told her yet. <laughs> why don't you take her down? Take. Why don't you two take the day off and call it a honeymoon, Alster? Gail Rogers can sub for you, told Rick. I don't want Barbara coming after me with a bazooka because she heard the news from somebody else. Good idea, Rick said. Thanks. My pleasure. A wedding present, a short one. He had, you know, you have to be back on the job tomorrow, and when we're losing you, he asked Gwen. Wait, she wasn't sure what he meant, and then she realized that she belonged to a federal agency. I'm not sure. I'll have to talk to my boss, and he'll have to discuss it with the captain here. Hollis ran on. You've done very well. I'll be sorry to lose you. She's my. I'll be sorry to go. I may have to make some minor adjustments in my career path as well. She added with a worried glance. I don't really want to keep a job that sends me around the world every other week. Not now. Hollis her personal. We could always use another detective you point out. You pick it. Back up in no time, and we have all sorts of workshops and training courses. She beamed. You mean it? <laughs> of course, he's ordered. Wait a minute. You'd give up working for the feds for me? <laughs> if he couldn't quite believe it. I would. She said, oh, I'm tired of living out of a suitcase, and I really like San Antonio. She didn't add that. She was all also very tired of D.C. Social scene and being required to host his parties for her dad. It was never enjoyable. She didn't like crowds or parties to give him... His due neither did her father, but he was certainly going to be in the center of the Washington social wire real very soon. She dreaded having to tell Rick about her. Well, Rick said I couldn't resist the charming smile. She said, and now for the really hard part. We have to break the news to your mother. She'll kill me. He come. No, we'll take her a pot of flowers, Grin said from She's a gardener. I know she wouldn't mind a bribe that she could plant. They laughed. And actually, Barbara was matched. She burst into tears, hugged them both, and rambled on for several minutes about how depressed she'd been that women never seemed to break as potential mate as much as she showed her to cry on. I'm just so happy. I'm so glad, Gwyneth, but we still brought you a bribe. A bribe? Barbara asked, wiping away tears. Gwen went out. Gwen went onto the porch and came back inside, carrying a huge potted plant. It's an umbrella plant, Barbara plant. I've wanted one for years, but I could never find one the right size. It's perfect. <laughs> I thought you could plant it, Quinn said. Oh, no. I'll let it live inside. I put, I'll put, i put grown lights around it and fertilized it. And she says, you two didn't have to get married. How? <laughs> She's as Victorian as we are, Rick told his mother with a warm smile. That's wonderful. Welcome to the Stone Age, my dear, she told Gwen and hugged her hard. Where are you going to live? In San Antonio? Professor resigned. Gwen and Rick had discussed uh, The old Andrews place is up for sale right in downtown Jacobsville, Rick said. Next to the Griers, in fact, I put in an offer for it this morning. Oh, Professor cried. I thought you'd want to live where your jobs are. Her explanation about Gwen's job could come later. We want to live near you. 
replied. Because when the kids come along, when Adam was going, you'll want to be able to see them. Barbara felt her for it. Maybe I'm feverish. You want to have kids? Oh, yes, Coon replied, smiling. Hmm. Lots of kids. Rick had it. I can buy a toy store, Barbara murmured to herself. First, I need to stock up on organic seed so that I can make healthy stuff for the baby. We just got married yesterday, Rick pointed out. That's right. And this is November. She went looking for nine months from now is harvest season. She called back Rick and Gwen shook their heads. They stayed for supper, a delicious fare, and then settled down to watch the news. Gwen sitting contently beside her husband had no warning of what was about to happen. A newscaster smiled as a picture of a four star general very well known to the public was splashed across the screen. And this just then amid rumors that he was retiring or resigning from the service, we have just learned that General David Cassaway, former US commander in Iraq, has been named director of the Central Intelligence Agency. General Cassaway, a former covert ops commander, has com commandeered American troops in Iraq for the past commanded American troops in Iraq for the past two years. He was rumored to be retiring from the military, but it seems that he was only considering a new job. Barbara glanced and went, Why, what a coincidence. That's your last name. Newcaster was adding General Cassaway's only son, Larry, died in a classified operation in the Middle East just a few months ago. We wish General Cassaway the best of luck in his new position. Now for other news. Rick was staring at Gwen as if she'd grown horns. Your brother's name was Larry, wasn't it? <laughs> the one who was killed in, uh, in action. Barbara was staring. So was Rick. Gwen took a deep breath. He's my father. She could pass. Rick wasn't handling this well. Your father is the new head of the CIA. <laughs> well, sort of. She said nodding warmly. Rick knew about Washington society from people in his department who had to deal with the socialists in D.C. He was certain that there were no poor generals in the military, and the head of the CIA would certainly not be in the line for food stamps. What sort of place do you live in when you go home? Rick asked very quietly. Inside, we have a big house in Maryland on several acres of the land. My dad likes horses. He raises well. There were breads. He almost grew up. And he drives a swallowed jaguar. Rick got up to turned away with an exasperated sigh. Why didn't you tell me? Because I was afraid you'd do just what you're doing now. Gwen moaned, judging me by the company I keep. I hate parties. I hate receptions. I hate hosts. I've seen a pretty happy working a federal job or a police job. Any sort of job that doesn't require me to put on an evening gown and look rich. Rich. Rick, Rick ran his fingers through his hair. I'm not rich, he pointed out. But your father is. She grimaced. He was born into one of the founding families. He went to Harvard and then went to West Point, she said. But he's just a regular person. He doesn't put on airs. Sure. Rick, she got up and went to him. I'm not my family. I don't have money. I work for my living. For heaven's sakes, the suit is a year old. <laughs> Turn around his face. My suit is three years old. He said so. I drive a pickup truck. I can barely afford tickets to the theater. She gave him a strength. You'll get used to this, she promised. It will just take a little time. You had one too many upsets in the past few weeks, he's out of We should have waited to get married, he ground out. No, she returned. We waited, you found out you'd never married me at all. Before Rick could open his mouth, the story's future barber got up and stood between them. She's right. She told her son, you need to stop before you say anything you'll regret. Look, we can go home for tonight, and you sleep on it. Things will look better in the morning. She went to get her cell phone and dialed a number. She waited until the call was gone. Cash? Good Cashway is going back to San Antonio for the night, and I don't want her driving up there alone. Do you have someone who can take her? 
No. Glenn protested. Barbara, man, she grinned. I thought you might. Thanks. Oh, you a nice apple pie. She hung up. One of Cash's men lives in San Antonio, and he's on his way home. He'll swing by and give you a lift. He won't mind. And he's very nice. His name is Coltern Ames. He'll take good care of you. Rick was cursing himself for not letting Gwen drive her car down instead of insisting that she come with him. He didn't like the idea of her riding with another man. They were married, at least temporarily. Go home and don't worry, Robert said, hugging. It will be all right. Gwen managed to smile. She looked at Rick, but he wouldn't meet her eyes. She drew in a long breath and put on her coat and picked up her purse. She walked out to the front porch with Barbara, who closed the door behind them. He's so upset about meeting his father, Barbara suggested. He'll get over this. You'll just get a good night's sleep and don't worry. It will work out. I'm so happy he married you. She hugged the younger woman again. You're going to be very happy together once he gets over the shock. <laughs> I hope you're right. I should have told him. I was afraid to. Have you talked to your father? <laughs> I have to do that tonight. He's not going to be happy either. Does he have prejudices? Barbara worried about once. Heavens no. Dad doesn't see color or race or religion. He's very liberal. No, he'll be hurt that I didn't tell him first. <laughs> That's all right, then. You'll make it up with him. And with Rick. Oh, there's Colton. She waves as an off-duty police car pulled up on the up at the porch. A nice young man got out. I'm going to have company for the ride out here. He said, yes. Yes, this is my new daughter-in-law, Gwen. That's Colton, she added with a grin. She didn't drive her own car, and she has to be back to San Antonio to pick it up. Thanks for giving her a ride. Should I follow you back down, then? He offered a quick chair. I have things to get together in my apartment, but thanks. No problem. Shall we go? Go and look toward the porch. But the door was still closed. She saw Barbara went. She made a smile. I'll see you later, then, she said. Have a good night. You too, dear, Barbara said. She forced my good night. She watched them leave, then she went back in the house and closed the door. Rick? He was on the phone. She wondered who he could be calling at this hour of the night. Perhaps it was work. He hung up and came to the living room, looking more unapproachable than she'd ever seen. I'm going for a drive. I won't be long. She was very upset, she said. Julie. You can't... She can't help who her father is any more than you can. He looked, I know that, but you should have told me. I think she was afraid to. She's very much in love, you know. I won't be long. She watched him go, feeling a new and bitter distance between them, something she'd never felt before. She hoped they could work things out. She liked Gwen a lot. Rick pulled up to the county bar, locked the truck, and walked inside. It was late, and there was only a couple of cowboys sitting in boots. A man in the back motioned to Rick, who walked down the aisle to sit across from him. The older man gave him an amused smile. Should it be flattered that you called me when you needed sympathy? Why not talk to your mother? It's not really something a woman would understand. He muttered. General walking all person. No, perhaps not. He motioned to the waiter who came over at once. Coffee for my young friend, please. At once. Rick's eyebrows arched to the man's quick manner. He wants to go and help liberate my country. Marking out the old Rick with grin. Have the ability to inspire revolutions. I noticed. Rick said dryly. General Miller Marconato leaned back against the booth, studying the young man who looked so much like himself. You know, we do favor each other. A bit. The waiter came back with a coffee, placing a mug in front of Rick, along with small containers of cream and sugar. Anything else for you, sir? He asked the general. No, that will do for now. Thank you. A pleasure. If you need anything, just call. I will. The waiter scrambled away. Marconato watched Rick sit the Just married, and already you crawl. She lied to me. Well, she lied by omission. He corrected coolly. About what? It turns out that her father is the new head of the CIA. <laughs> ah, yes. General Cassaway. 
in Grange with friends. Rick recalled an odd conversation that Gordon Grange had shared at the first meeting with Macanado that Morton had puzzled him at the time. Now, knew. now he knew that she had been cautioning Grange not to give away her identity. Made him even sadder. He's rich, Rick said cool. And you are not, Macanado understood him problem. Doesn't matter so much if you care for the woman. What if it was your woman, your mother who was wealthy, and her father was poor? He said, well, I don't know. <laughs> but of course you do. You would not care. Rick set more coffee. He's losing the argument. <laughs> Machinado toyed with his uncle. I was a millionaire in my country. I had everything a man could possibly want. Right down to a Rolls Royce and a private helicopter. Perhaps I had too much, and God resented the fact that I spent more money on me than I did on the poor villagers who were displaced and murdered by my underlings' minions as he worked to bring in foreign oil corporations. The oil national gas are quite valuable, and the villagers considered them a nuisance that interfered with the fishing. They have no interest in great wealth. They live from day to day quietly with no clocks, no supermarkets, no strip malls. Perhaps they have the right idea and the rest of the world had gone insane from this disease called civilization. Rick's mama, it would be less hectic life. Yes, indeed. His dark eyes were thoughtful. I was careless. I will never be careless again. And the man who absorbed my place and made my people suffer will pay a very high price for his anger against greed, I promise you. Look on his face, gave Rick. We've heard what he did to private citizens. That is my fault. I should have listened. A friend of mine, an archaeologist, tried to warn me about what his people were doing to the native tribes. I thought she was overstating, trying to get me to clap down on foreign interests in the name of preserving archaeological treasures. A female archaeologist. There are many these days. Yes, she taught at a small college in the United States. She was visiting my country when she stumbled onto a fine. So amazing that she hesitated to even announce it, before she had time to subsidize her claim with evidence. His face on. There was gossip that put her in prison. I shudder to think what might have been done to her. That will be on my soul forever if she was harmed. Maybe she escaped. Rick said, trying to find something comforting to say. Rumors and gossips are usually pretty far off the mark. You'd think so. Look at us, that guy's. We're sad, but anything is possible. Look at us, I suppose. The waiter came screwing to up. Oh, General, there's a police car coming this way. He said excitedly. Look at us, look at I'm not involved in any attempts of kidnapping or rescue. He said dryly. I'm not involved in any attempts to kidnap or arrest you, he said dryly. Is the car local, Macanaria? Yes. It's a Jacobsville police car. Macanaria weighed his options. While he's trying to decide whether to make a break out the back door, tall imposing man, police uniform with large dark eyes and his long hair and a ponytail, came in the door, looked around, spotted Rick with the general. Rick relaxed. Rick relaxed. It's all right, he said. That's Cash Grier. You know him. Yes, he's our police chief. He's a good man. Used to be government assassin. Or that's the rumor. Rick knew. Mark now laughed under his breath. Cash walked over to the table. He was I'm afraid I have some bad news. You're here to arrest me. Mark asked dryly. Cash claims him. Have you broken the law? He asked curiously. He saw he said he didn't recognize the bar's famous patron. Not lightly. Mark lied. Cash looked back at Rick. He was getting tense. Gwen. He burst out. Cash, I'm afraid so. There's been a wreck. Rick, was that a bosom flash? How badly is she hurt? He asked once. Why? Is she all right? They've transported her and Ames to Jacobsville General, he said quietly. Ames is pretty bad. Miss Cassaway has, at the very least, a broken rib. 
Rick was already out of the bar running for his truck. Wait, I'm coming with you. Muckinar called after him and stopped just long enough to pay the waiter who bowed respectfully. Cash, confused by the T-Man, got back in his patrol car and followed the pickup truck down the long road of the highway. To his credit, he didn't pull out his ticket booth when he pulled in behind Rick at the emergency room. My wife, Gwen Castaway, Rick told the clerk they just brought her in. The clerk said, Oh, that's you, Detective Marquis. She says, Yes, and she's your wife. Congratulations. She's... She's in x-ray right now, Dr. Coltrane is seen. Cooper Lou. Rick asked because the Mary Coltrane's are both doctors. Lou, give me a Thanks. You can have a seat right over there, the clerk said gently, and I'll have someone ask Dr. Coltrane to come see you, okay? Rick wanted to rush behind the counter, but he knew better. Okay. He just a second, the clerk picked up the phone. She will be all right, Machina told her son with a warm smile. She has great courage for one so young. Rick felt rocked the soles of his feet. He never should have reacted as he did. He'd upset her, but she hadn't been driving, and Ames was one of Cassie's better drivers. It's in the police. Ames wrecked the car. How? That's what I'd like to know, Cassie said quickly. There was another set of tracks in the dirt nearby, as if a car had sideswiped then. I've got men tracking right now. If you if you need help, I can provide a tracker who might even excel your own. What can I offer quietly? Cassie had been sizing the other man up. Purchase You look familiar. There are very few photographs of me. I cannot have replied. Yes, but we've met. I can't remember where. Maybe we'll come back to me. Marcanado raised an eyebrow. You'd be just as well if your memory lapses for the next few hours. My son can use the company. Your son? Cash Dark Eyes never knew me. Marcanado. The old man nodded as well. Gwen had a photo of you. Had to break the news to Rick's mother about your connection to him. Ah, yes, that was how he was told. Ingenious, the general's expression told me. Hope she and the other officer will be all right. So do I, Cassia. I can't help be, being concerned about the other car. Makino came to sleep. The foot does bunch of much reason to interfere with my plans. They are being paid by my successor to spy on me. There's also a very high level mo in the DEA. I do not know who it is yet, but even I am aware of him. Damn, Cashman. These things are quite complicated. I did not mean to involve the children in my war. He added with a rueful glance at Rick, who was pacing the floor. No parent would sometimes fate intervenes. Her father should be No parent would sometimes fate intervenes. Her father should be too. Yes, Makanapa, he should. He excused himself and spoke to Rick. Her father, Rick. How am I going to find him? <laughs> I think I can solve that problem. He pulled out his disposable cell phone. One of my many empty out on him. Grange, yes. Gwen has been injured in an automobile accident. I need you to call her father and tell him. We don't know details yet. She has a least broken rib. The rest we do not know. But he should come. There's a boss. Yes, thank you. She's at Jacob's hospital. Yes, all right. Young Grange and her father are friends. He will make the call. Rick Burris. Oh, wait a minute, in-laws. He muttered. I do agree. Malkinow said, put an affectionate arm around him. But you will get through it. Come, sit down. Stop pacing before you wear a hole in the floor. Rick allowed himself to be led to the chair. It was kind of nice having a father. Dr. Louise Coltrane came into the room in her white lab coat, smiling. She was introduced to Gwen's husband and father-in-law with some surprise because no one locally knew about the wedding. Congratulations, she told Rick. She'll be all right. She had quite. She does have a broken rib, but the other injuries are mostly bruises. But Showman Ames has a head injury, she told Cash. His prognosis is going to be trickier. I'm having him airlifted to San Antonio to the Marshall Center. He's holding his own so far, though. Do you have a, a way to notify his family? Cash yeah, said, he doesn't have any family that I'm aware of. Just me. He had it with Grimsel. So I'm the, I'm the one to notify she nodded. I'll keep you in the loop. Detective Marquis, you can see your wife now. I'll take you back. Where the hell is my daughter?
Rick felt a shiver go down his spine. That voice, deep and cold with authority, froze everyone in the waiting room. Rick turned to find the face that went with it and understood at once how this man had risen to become a four-star general. He was in full uniform, every button polished, his hat at the perfect angle, his hard face almost bristling with antagonism, his black eyes glittering with it. And who's responsible for putting her in the hospital? He uttered in a tone that was only a little less intimidating while Rick was working on an answer. Barbara came in the door, worried and unsettled by his call. She paused beside the military man, who was racing Kane in the waiting room. My goodness, someone had his razor blade soup this morning, I see, she explained with pure hostility. Now, you calm down and stop shouting at people. This is a hospital, not a military installation. End of chapter 9.